Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So uh, my name is Tim and I'm part of the team here at Ivy and I have the privilege of speaking to you this morning in our series on 2 Timothy. But before I do, I just want to pray and ask God to have his way. So um, wherever you are, why don't you just, just take a moment to focus on Jesus And um, in the book of Joel, chapter 2, it says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The old will dream dreams and the young will see visions. And Lord Jesus, I'm praying today that as I speak, that you would pour out your spirit and your power on every person. Because, Lord, we need that more than anything else. We need you to speak to us. So I pray, Lord, that you would help me and help us to hear what it is you want to say to us this morning. In your precious name. Amen. Okay, so a few years ago, uh, some colleagues of mine and I thought it would be a really good idea to do Tough Mudder. Now, I don't know if you've ever done it, but it's uh, a half marathon with 20 obstacles, largely involving mud and water. And we knew it was going to be a challenge, so we started training. But the problem was, we didn't realise quite how much of a challenge it was going to be. Um, When we arrived at the venue, it was November... Um, they were scraping ice off the lake so that we could swim through it as part of one of the obstacles. It was pretty horrific. Anyway, after the first few miles, I started to struggle. In fact, I got so annoyed that I got quite angry and I wished that I'd never done it. I was like, this is so stupid! (laughs) Anyway, so the last six miles were absolutely horrendous. Um, But we knew that we just had to finish. And then, um, actually just before the finish, on the very last, last obstacle... Um, I got zapped on the back of the neck because it was an obstacle that had electric wires hanging down. I'm pretty sure you couldn't do that today. But anyway, so I, I got zapped on the back of the neck, passed out, and woke up in the mud like, where am I? What's going on? Anyway, um, fortunately, that was the last obstacle. But I tell you what, a few metres down the road, or down the path, we got to the finish line, and it was the most amazing feeling in the world. And all of that... Uh, a grueling journey had been worth it for that moment. I've got a photo of that too. We were very relieved. And that's me at least 10 years ago. Anyway, so you might be wondering, Tim, why are you telling us all of this? Because when God speaks to us about what he wants us to do, we think it's going to look like this. Plain sailing, nice and easy. Let's do this. This is going to be amazing. But the reality is actually a little bit different. There are obstacles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can see some nods in the room. I'm sure you're nodding at home. There are going to be moments where you want to turn back. There will be disappointments and challenges. And it's going to have moments where you might even wish you'd never started out in the first place. Is this an encouraging word this morning? It will be, I promise. (laughs) So understanding what God has to say about this is really going to help every single one of us on our journey of following Jesus as we move into the next phase of whatever the dream and plan that God has for you is. You know, whether this is all new to you or whether you kind of feel that God's asked you to do something and you've stepped out in faith and you're a bit uncertain or you've taken a big leap and you've jumped into the water and it's turned out it's full of piranhas. Anyway, and collectively, this is going to help us as a church think about the journey that we're on together. If you missed Anthony's update last week, go back and watch it read the case for change that we sent out this week from the office. 
so that you'll have the information that you need about the changes that are happening here at Ivy as we move forward together to take a hold of the big dream that God has got for us of helping more people find their way back to him. So today, in the chapter, second chapter of 2 Timothy, we're going to learn that as this young leader discovered, that God has a calling for you. It's going to be harder than you want it to be. But if you keep going and don't give up, you will discover that it was well worth it. And in fact, the rewards are greater than you could possibly imagine. Okay, so I'm going to do a bit of a recap of the context of this letter. Paul, the apostle, he's in prison again. The systematic persecution of Christians by Emperor Nero is underway and had been for about a year, and now Paul finds himself on death row. Paul had sent Timothy, this younger, younger man that he'd been training, back to a place called Ephesus in Turkey to lead the church, to sort out some of the issues there and prepare them for what was going to be a really, really difficult time um, facing persecution. And now, in this letter of 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to him for the last time to commission him, to encourage him, and to prepare him for what lies ahead as he faces the new stage of his life leading without Paul. And it's just full of love. And I just, if you haven't taken time to read it, read this whole letter. It's just amazing. So let's take a look at how it starts. In verse 1, Paul writes this. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Okay, we're going to pause here. So, Paul has poured his life into Timothy, and now he commissions Timothy to go and do the same, to pass on everything that he has learned onto others who will pass it on to others. So when Paul first visited Ephesus on his third missionary journey, Tim was part of that team. And they spent two years there making disciples, telling people about Jesus. And in that time, churches were planted all over that region in the surrounding towns, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. But what is amazing is that Paul never actually left Ephesus. They trained ordinary people who went out to share the good news of Jesus in all of these different places and who trained others to do the same. And it says that it was so effective, you can read about it in the book of Acts, that it says that in two years, everyone in that region heard the good news of Jesus. I love that. That's amazing. And I think what Paul is saying to Timothy in this moment, in this letter, is like, keep doing that. Don't just be content being a believer yourself. The love that is in Jesus is amazing and everyone needs it, so make it multiply. Don't even be content just having lots of people listen to what you have to say. Train them to teach others who will teach others because that's how the good news of Jesus gets to transform every nook and cranny of our families, of our, of our neighbourhoods and of our country. Now, the amazing thing is this commission isn't just for Timothy. It's for all of us too. If you say that you know Jesus today, whether it's been 50 years or you just prayed for the first time and it's been five minutes, you have this commission too. You are now here to make this message multiply. And if that happens, if we do that together, the whole world can be changed through ordinary people like all of us telling people about Jesus, passing on what we've learned through the ups and downs of our journey as he's helped us and equipping them to do the same for others. And that is how we will see today the good news of Jesus spread like wildfire to impact every family, workplace, friendship group, the whole city and beyond. I want to see that happen, don't you? Come on. So... uh, 
in all the things that I've been a part of in my life. When I think back to my old career in sales, the bonuses or the holidays that I went on, nothing compares to the joy and the possibility of being used by God to help others come to know him. It's the most extraordinary thing. So at Ivy, we recently launched the Discipleship Pathway course, and the key question we're asking on this course is, not only how do we become followers of Jesus, that's what a disciple is, but how do we help others to become followers of Jesus, who will in turn help others to follow him too? And the people that have been doing this course include doctors, police officers, teachers, ordinary people that God has been using in extraordinary ways as they have been putting into practice what they have been learning. And we're going to hear from Mars and Hadia, a mother-daughter team who were part of that, and what it looked like for them. Mars, you've just finished the Discipleship Pathway course that we've been running at Ivy. Um, can you just tell, me, tell us a little bit about how that has helped you? Um, so um, we um, did the microchurch training, which really started um, a, a sort of cascade of events in my heart about really wanting to start something up. And so we thought, well, how do we do this? Um, and we hope that the Discipleship Pathway course would give us some tools or ideas. Um, and so we did that. Um, and it was really incredibly helpful. Um, number one, the simple tools like um, Discovery Bible Study or, um, you know, simple ways of sharing um, your, your, your testimony, um, you know, made things more practical. But the other thing um, that was really helpful on the, 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 the course was just the accountability um, on a weekly basis, sharing what you had done, what you prayed for, and what God had done. I think that was the biggest thing. Uh, we had some incredible testimonies. Um, so what I then did was I stepped out, and uh, one of my passions has really been about taking God into the workplace. Um, and um, so I invited a couple of um, sort of Christians of varying um, sort of faith, uh, faith levels, um, I'd say, um, from Catholics to Protestants um, and um, sort of said, well, hey, would you like to get together and um, just pray and um, maybe read uh, the Bible a little bit? Um, and um, I thought it was a great time to do it because we were coming out of COVID and we had the technology to meet on Teams. Um, and um, so we, because with shift pattern working um, in the NHS, um, which is where I work, um, it was just near impossible to get people together. So we worked out at eight o'clock in the morning on a Friday was one possibility. And I kind of said to people, well, why don't we just meet up and we, we, we just set a date. Um, and the next thing really was what, what would we do? And um, I'm really passionate about being practical about your faith. So um, I worked out that the easiest way so that we didn't have to buy books or anything was to find a version app. So we got everybody to download it. And I asked people to ask others. So we've now got seven people in the group uh, from surgeons to epilepsy specialist nurses. Um, and we, um, we found a, a leadership in God, uh, a little Bible study to do. Uh, so we meet at eight o'clock on a Friday morning um, once a month because we didn't want the commitment to be too much in the in the first instance. And it's, it's been transformative because people coming out of COVID were exhausted um, in the NHS um, and they were demoralized. Um, and it's just refreshed people to realize God is with them in the workplace. It's uh, refreshed them to realize why they're there. And it's um, and there was uh, one lady in particular who 
really um, had a nominal faith who said, you know, you know, this is amazing because I suddenly realized this is what my parents would have been praying for me and um, has rededicated her life to Jesus. Um, so it, it's just been amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So I guess alongside that, you have also been talking to Hadia and passing on the things you've been learning from the course. And uh, Hadia, apparently you were refusing to go to bed because you wanted to stay up and find out uh, what what your parents were learning. So so why was that? What what was intriguing you? Well, I had this friend called Ava, um, and I really want her to come to know Jesus. Yeah. So I wanted to find out a way of kind of just summarizing a story of the Bible and then being able to tell that to her. Um, and share Jesus yeah 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 that's amazing because you've been praying for her for a little while haven't you oh yes uh like um well what happened was pre-covid I was you know always praying for her and we took her to church every Sunday just picked her up um from her house in the morning Uh, and that was really good um and also, at, once COVID started, um, I, I made sure to like send the link for IKTV every week and also send the Zoom details for the Monday Ivy Kids 8 to 11 Zoom, yeah. um, which, she always, which she always attended if she could. And that was really good. And somehow as well, um, we both managed to get a key worker place yeah. at school so every lunchtime I would tell her a bible story um that she could listen to and I would just tell her you know what happened and the miracle that God did in that story and that was really good wow so you've actually started doing discovery bible studies with her now haven't you yes I have um well, um, obviously, I heard what my mum was uh, being taught, um, and I thought that that was a really good way of telling Gaver. So I just really did a very simple and easy little um, dis- uh, discovery Bible study with her. Yeah. I just got the tablet and did the Bible for Kids app. We just looked at the story on there then we read the story in um, the bible and then we just talked about certain aspects of it and just talked about it and digested the whole thing and then at easter what did you give her oh well i as an easter present we got ava a bible um, a, a, her own Bible that she could read and she was really really happy when she got it she literally screamed because she was so happy to have a Bible so yeah that, that was really good and then what happened in class this week well we were doing biographies at school because that's our new unit and on this day, it was just an introduction. We were all doing little mini biographies. We partnered up 
with someone else in the class. And this other girl was interviewing Ava and doing a biography about Ava. And the biography was really good. But I was so, so surprised when at the end, she literally just read out out of her paper, when Hadia took Ava to church, Ava decided to give her life to Jesus and became a Christian. <laughs> and I was just so stunned. I was just so shocked. Um, but I was also at the same time just so excited and delighted because it turned out all of the hard work had paid off. Oh, that's absolutely amazing. So Hadia, final question. Um, you know, when we were chatting about it before, you said you were a bit nervous before you suggested looking at the Bible with her. What would you say to someone who's thinking about maybe doing a discipleship pathway course or reading the Bible with their friend, maybe is just feeling a bit nervous or not sure if it's something they could do? What would you say to them? Well, first of all, uh, obviously God is watching the whole thing and, it, you know, he's going to work in their heart. You've just got to just do it because it's not up to you you just have to talk to them about the whole thing literally just do it because you've got nothing to lose and god can do the rest so yeah that's basically yeah that's basically it oh well that is so amazing to hear mars and hadia thank you so much for sharing i'm really um how you've been putting into practice what you're learning and passing it on and excited to hear more as the story unfolds great how amazing is that <laughs> when i asked hadia if uh, she would share that she said of course if a 10 year old can do it anybody can amen to that that's kind of the point so we're going to be running this course again and again anthony said that eventually he wants everyone to do it so to stop us from hounding you endlessly over the next few months why don't you sign up for the next one, which is going to start on Tuesday, the 18th of May, and it's going to run for eight weeks. And you can sign up by going to ivychurch.org today. So let's get back to this passage. Paul starts off by reminding Timothy what he's called to do, but he's also writing to help prepare Timothy for what lies ahead so that he doesn't just start and give up quickly because it will be harder, but that he'll persevere, keep going, and get to the end. So let's pick it up again in verse 3. It says this. Paul says to Timothy, Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets tangled up in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. So these three pictures are going to help us keep going when the going gets tough. So first, the soldier. Timothy is going to face opposition because he's doing what God has asked him to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I was a bit shocked when I first realised that in my own life. I honestly thought that if I was following Jesus, doing what he was going to ask ask me to do, it would only ever be great. It was only going to be a good thing. But along the way, there have been surprising turns and changes, disappointments and different things that have happened. For Timothy... It has been he had to go and sort out issues with false teachers in the church, as well as the reality that all around Christians were being arrested and put in prison for their faith in Christ. But Paul, writing from prison, facing his own execution, says to Timothy, Don't be afraid. Say that with me. Don't be afraid. But join me 
in being treated badly for the sake of Jesus. And then he says this, and I love this, that he says that basically the key to overcoming fear when the challenges come and to avoid fighting the wrong battles is to hear what Jesus, the commanding officer, is saying and follow him. Now, as I was preparing for this talk, I wrote to several experienced Christians that are friends of mine and that I look up to, and I asked them what had been the most important things to help them to keep going through difficult times. And what came through again and again was very simply doing the basics consistently, making the time to be with Jesus and hear from him. And like soldiers do the drills that they need to do again and again that prepares them for battle, these disciplines help us to keep going. Now, the goal of spending time with Jesus is not to take a box to go, oh, I'm a good Christian. It's to get alone with him, to receive his encouragement, direction, wisdom every day, multiple times a day, so that we don't become cynical or give up, but keep going and flourish in the midst of even the hardest times. So my question for you is, what does that look like for you? Where's that time? Where's that time in your diary for getting away and being with Jesus and hearing from him? It's everything. Then Paul writes, the athlete only wins the crown by competing according to the rules. Now, I love this story, okay? In 1980, Rosie Ruiz was the first woman to cross the finish line in the Boston Marathon. Her time was extraordinary. It made her the fastest woman to have ever run the Boston Marathon and the third fastest woman in the world. However, eight days later, it was discovered that she had jumped onto the course just a few metres from the finish line uh, and, and crossed. And it turned out that a reporter had seen her travelling from the start to the end on the subway. Friends, there are no shortcuts in following Jesus. It takes time. Because it's not about finishing first, but about finishing well. It's about who we are becoming and who we're helping others to become. And I don't know how long your race is going to be. I only know this. It takes a lifetime. Now, personally... I find this really hard. I am so impatient. And the biggest challenge in this last year, as we've been chatting and praying as a team here at Ivy, about where God is leading us is to learn to wait and to trust God. I've had times of being, feeling very frustrated. There's been tears. I've wanted to run ahead, do things my own way, on my own, but those would all have been shortcuts. And I realised that in the midst of all of these challenges, God actually wants to do something in me to teach me patience. And that's what Paul says to us in this final picture. You see, finally he says this, the hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Following and obeying Jesus, making disciples, hear me on this, it does take work. It doesn't just happen. As Hadia said, hard work. Now, a farmer does not need a degree in agricultural science to sow seeds in a field. Okay? It's much more simple than that. When, if a farmer sows no seed when it's time to sow there will be no results. But the more he sows, the more fruit he will see. You see, following Jesus, making disciples, it's not always easy, but it is uncomplicated. If you want to see more of God at work in your life, if you want to see more of God in, at work in the lives of the people that you love and care about, or maybe people you don't even know yet, then sow. Sow in prayer. Sow in spending time with people who don't know Jesus. Sow by sharing the difference he's made in your life. Sow by sharing everything you've learned about who he is and, and, and what it means to follow him through the ups and downs. Sow, 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 sow. Now, it does take time. It doesn't happen overnight. And one of the biggest, honestly for me, one of the biggest discouragements that I've had to work through, uh, being a person who wanted to sow a lot, was 
not seeing everything happen as quickly as I wanted it to. Because I thought it was going to happen immediately. And it, it doesn't. It takes time. It takes patience. But if we keep going, like Hadia shared before, if we keep sowing, trusting God to do the work, even when it feels like nothing's happening, and you're like, what's going on? I'm doing this. But if we keep going, and even if it feels like sometimes it's all gone horribly wrong, if we keep going, keep sowing, in the end, we'll see the fruit. So if you haven't seen it yet, it means it's not the end. Don't give up. Keep sowing. Let me bring this together. God has called each and every one of us to be part of his mission in the world. It's going to be harder and take longer than you want it to. But if you keep going, if we keep going and don't give up, the reward will be greater than we could possibly imagine. Let me tell you what's possible, okay? If this year you prayed and asked God to give you one person, just one person that you could talk to about Jesus, start reading the Bible with, and show them how to do that with others, that at the end of the year, there'd be two of you, two disciples, okay? Just like Hadia. If you then next year, the two of you go and do that again, how many of there will you be? Four. Fantastic. Okay. Primary school math, guys. It's not complicated. Okay. After that, year three, you've got eight. Do you want to know how many years it would take to reach the whole of the United Kingdom, 65 million people? 26 years. And that's you just doing it with one person every year and helping them to do the same for 26 years, the whole, we'll reach the whole of the UK. So this is why we're changing how we're doing things at Ivy, moving from a site-based model to becoming a multiplying movement, because we're dreaming big and praying that we could see this happen in our families, in our streets, in our city, and in the nation, one person at a time. Because this really isn't about numbers at all. It's about the people that you know and love, helping them come to know Jesus, and a whole lot of people that you don't even know yet, that are just waiting to hear the good news of Jesus. We're praying that actually what we could see is that you could pass on to them what you have learned through the highs and the lows and help them set the ultimate destination of their life as Jesus. And we've only really just started out on this journey so pray for us. We need a lot of prayer. Pray for us as we move forward. But one thing that's clear is that our roles as team leaders on the discipleship pathway is not to get you to help us doing what God has asked us to do. Our role is to come alongside you to help you do what God is asking you to do, to discover that and to enter into it. So as I finish now, I wonder what could it look like if each of us took our next step in God's calling to be a disciple that makes disciples and helps others to come to know Jesus? What difference could we make in our families, in our streets, with our neighbours, with our friends, in our workplaces? What's Jesus asking you to do? Will you sign up for the next Discipleship Pathway course that we're going to start on the 18th of May? Maybe you relate to Timothy and actually you want someone like a Paul to invest in you. Well, Ivy at Work has set up a fantastic mentoring scheme and you could find out more and sign up by getting in touch through the website. You know, maybe it's that you already know what God is asking you to do and it's taking that first step of saying yes to Jesus. And if you'd like to do that and you're joining us online, I'd love for you to click on the live prayer button and someone can pray for you right now. Maybe it's that actually you're in the middle of things right now. You've taken that step and you're into something that's harder than you thought it was going to be and you're not sure what's going on, and you're feeling overwhelmed, and you just feel like giving up. Or maybe there's been some really big disappointments as you've been following Jesus, and, and God is saying to you today, it's time to start sowing. 
again. Well, I'm, I'm going to pray for, for you in a moment. So Paul finishes with, this, with these words in chapter 2. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot, cannot deny himself. You see, all of this is possible, to live a, life, a live a life like this, where we follow through whatever comes and keep sowing, trusting in Jesus, because he is the one that has gone before. Like the true soldier, he is the one that lived to please the Father, not himself. Not running from suffering, but listening to the voice of the Father and obeying and embracing death on the cross for us. Like the true athlete, he's the one that resisted the temptation to take shortcuts, but ran the race set before him. When he was on the cross, he didn't come down, but he waited in that place of suffering and hardship. He waited, trusting in the goodness of the Father, who three days later raised him up, overcoming the greatest obstacle of all, death itself. And he is the one who gave the seed of his own life, dying for us so that through him, billions of people could know him and receive the gifts of new life. And now we're able to live like that too, by looking to him, knowing that he is with us through it all. And it is his grace, his power that is at work in each of our lives that helps us to be everything that God has made us to be and do everything that God has called us to do. And if we keep going, trusting in him, we will see him do great things. And we will see the reward. We'll see the fruit of the work. And in doing so, discover that we have taken a hold of the true prize, the true reward for finishing, and that is Jesus himself. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you loved us so much that gave your own son for us, that we could enter a whole new life with you. And I pray... Father, I thank you that you've called us and I pray for each of us that you would give us your strength and your power and your boldness to follow you. Thank you that you promised to be with us in the good times and the hard times because you've been there before. Lord, I pray for those going through a hard time right now. Would they know your grace, your empowering presence that renews day by day? Where there have been disappointments, I pray, Lord, for a new life, that you'd raise us up with you into a new life. I pray for an outpouring of the energy of the Holy Spirit, of fresh vision, fresh dreams, fresh joy, fresh hope. Lord, help us to hear your voice. Help us to wait and trust in you as we keep going. And help us to sow generously into the lives of others that we could see you do more than we could ask or imagine in our generation, in our time. And I thank you, Lord, that as we follow you, you promise you're going to do more than we could ask or imagine according to your great power that is at work within us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.